teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. That it is the will of God for everyone to be healed. It's not necessarily going to happen the same way for everyone. But the end result is always that a person be healed. And God's never changed about that. He's never, you know, he's not a man that he should lie. And it goes on to say he's not, a, not the son of man that he should repent, meaning change his mind, you know. He's never going to change his mind about him being good. He's just good all the time and never changes his mind about it. Um, he never, he never uh, sicks the devil on anybody to get him because he's mad at him. Now, does, do people such as you and I ever open the door to the devil? Well, before you start pointing to anybody else, you might want to, you know, we've all done it. Isn't that right? We've all opened the door to the devil. But that's not God sicking the devil on us. You know, like get him. Um, you know, when it comes to Job, it looks that way, looking at it. Um, you know, back there in the book of Job, it says Job was a righteous man, so forth. And, and Satan appeared and, and uh, challenged God and said, you know, well, Job's <clears throat> serving you because you protect him. And, uh, and God said, well, I see, uh, ha have you considered my servant Job? Before that, he said, have you considered my servant Job? And it looks like God is saying, um, here's somebody, get him. <laughs> Um, but God never, he's never working with the enemy to take you out. He's never, you know, notice that verse in Romans, if God be for us, who can be against us? Well, is God for us or is he sometimes against us? Even in the Old Testament, the psalmist said, God is on my side. He takes the part with me against the enemy, he said. So God's never against us. He's always for us. And we see, we see that verse there in Job. It's in chapter 1. It says, have you considered my servant Job? It looks like in the King James, it looks like God is saying, consider getting him. That's not really what it says in the Hebrew, though. In the Hebrew, it bears out something of this nature. I see you've set your heart on my servant Job. Job had, uh, or uh, Satan had already been trying to get to <clears throat> excuse me, already been trying to get to him. And uh, that's evident by him saying, well, uh, Satan said, well, you know, there's a hedge of protection around him and he's serving you because you're taking care of him. In other words, Satan had been around that hedge of protection and he had been looking for a way in, which is evident that that's right in the Hebrew. I see you've set your heart on my servant Job. Um, if we open the door to the enemy, that's not God saying, get him. That's just the enemy. You know, he, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for a way in. And, uh, you know, we have to recognize that there are things that allow him to get in. It's not that we just simply... You know, or that God is controlling everything. Sometimes Christians have the idea of the, this idea of the sovereignty of God. God's controlling everything. Well, you know, they kind of deny that there's even an enemy, that there's even Satan in the, in the planet. You know, it's just like everything that happens is God or God allowed it. Well, he'll allow you to go out and rob a bank. And they'll catch you. They'll put you in jail and... 
and everything. And you don't, but you can't sit in the jail and say, well, God allowed this. Well, well yeah, but <laughs> you know, what's your point? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, see, we can open the door to the enemy and, and then say, well, God allowed this. And, but we would all have to look at you and say, but what is your point really? I mean, that doesn't really do anything for you. The fact that God allowed it, he allowed a lot of things, mainly because we allowed it. And, and really, we have more authority in our life to determine what comes into our life than we realize. We think it's all up to God, but God says, I gave you authority. I gave you authority. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So there's a whole lot more up to us than really sometimes what we're really wanting to admit. You know, it's real, it, it's, uh, it's, I guess you could call it fatalism or something. People kind of get into things like fatalism, you know. Well, if it happened, it wasn't anything that I did that made it happen. But the fact is, you know, we, we have to be doers of the Word of God. And to not be a doer of the Word of God is really going to uh, open the door to the enemy. You know, if the Bible, if the, if the Bible says um, to walk in love, for example, well, we're all different stages of that, you know. And God, how many of you know God doesn't require out of a baby Christian as much in that area as somebody who's matured more because he holds us all accountable for what we know. If we know something, you know, the Bible says this, I don't know if you've ever read this or not, but the Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and does it not, to him it's sin, you know. So uh, one person might have some knowledge about some of that in the area of walking in love, another person not, and the one person that doesn't have the knowledge get away with a whole lot. Get away with meaning, meaning that, that Satan won't have access to them because God's not holding them accountable. And so therefore he's just covering for them. Somebody said, that's not fair. Uh, he's covering for you too right now. And me, he's covering for all. There's areas of all of our lives that we're going to, one of these days we're going to wake up and we're going to go, well, duh. You know? <laughs> well, right, there's a reason I've been having trouble. <laughs> there's areas of my life that I'm praying about right now that I'm saying, God, I'm not seeing what, what uh, you said I should be seeing here. But I don't go him with this tone of voice like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing, God? I always say, God, somewhere on my end, I'm not making my connection. You know, and if we, if we are tempted to be condemning of other people that aren't making their connection, well, there's a bad thing there too because the Bible tells us in any area we judge another person. You know, uh, we're guilty of the same thing. So we got to be really careful about that. But the point is, we can, we can uh, very quickly through the Word of God, we can find areas that Satan is getting in if there are areas. And, and you know, just because you're under attack in any area does not mean you have, you know, somehow opened the door to him. See, attack doesn't, mean, doesn't equal defeat. Attack doesn't equal being overcome. That's right. You're not being attacked. Not every person's being attacked because, well, they just have opened the door somewhere, you know. That's not scriptural. Amen. You know, sometimes we're under attack because uh, Satan's just trying to stop us because we're doing the right thing. Yeah. 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 
Well, Pastor, how do you tell? I'll tell you how you tell. Oh, Father, I need to know what you're saying about this. <laughs> I can't tell you in every case, you know, unless the Lord would reveal it, but it's really not my life. It's not my business. I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm here to help, but I'm not necessarily taking responsibility for everybody's life here saying, Lord, if, if, you know, if I don't pray, the door's going to be open in their life and they won't see it. Well, how many of you know we all have individual responsibility for our own life? I mean, I have a prayer life. I pray for everyone that comes up in my heart and, and, and generally everyone in a general way. But, you know, I don't, uh, I don't just, I'm not the savior, put it that way. I'm not the healer. You know what I'm talking about? For myself, I go to the Lord about my life. For you, yourself, yourself, <laughs> go to the Lord about your own life. And as we grow, we learn to recognize where it is that, that um, God's talking to us about in this given situation. And we learn to just work it out, work out our own salvation like, like the Bible talks about. Amen. Amen. So, but Job, he was, uh, the, the Bible said in the King James, it says there, hast thou considered my servant Job? In the Hebrew, it means more something like this. I see you've set your crosshairs on Job. We would say crosshairs. Just a way of saying you've set your go on getting to him, you know. It doesn't say crosshairs in the Hebrew, you understand. Just a way of saying it in modern vernacular. Well, pastor, they didn't have crosshairs. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Amen. See, a good hunter will use the term crosshairs. Anyway, we, we though, we find out that um, God is on our side. And if, if there is an area of an open door in our lives, he's going to help us to see it uh, because he's given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And he's not going to condemn us by, he's not going to show us and condemn us for it. He's not going to show, he's not going to condemn us and say, well, see here and, and beat us over the head about it. That's, that's Satan's the accuser of the brethren. So what we're going to get into tonight, we're going to talk about some of these things, other, uh, I just called it other issues concerning divine healing. But, but these are not things to hit yourself over the head with because God's on your side. And anything, anytime things are ministered from the word of God that might kind of look negative, it's not because that, um, it's not negative because God's against you or I. It, it's really not negative of all, at all. It's very positive. And God's saying, hey, here's an area that'll, that'll shut the door to the devil. In other words, whenever we see an area we have opened the door to the enemy, that's really good news. It's not bad news at all. It's not something to cry about. It's something to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, I needed to see that. Because we can slam that door shut. And kick the devil out and say, you've been getting in through that, that squirrel hole, you know, and now from now on, you're not getting in through there anymore. It's really good news. God's, God's being good to us by helping us see things. And so uh, we're going to approach it that way. But, but let me finish up about Job. It says, um, I see you've set your heart on getting to Job and Satan does walk about because remember later he said, um, if you read the book of Job, he said, God asked him, where have you been? He said, I've been, Satan said, I've been walking to and fro throughout the earth. You know, well, the New Testament tells us why he's walking around, what he's looking for. First Peter five, verse, what is it? Eight or nine, one of those verses. Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
So he's just not walking around saying, hi, Matt. Hi, hi, hi. He's not. No, he's looking for a way. <laughs> and one of the things I love about God is he, he makes it available to us to keep, to keep him totally out. He doesn't say, you know, you win some, you lose some. That's not New Testament. The New Testament says he made us more than conquerors. We always triumph. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. You know, all those are total, all-inclusive, complete victory verses. Isn't that amazing? We can actually experience complete freedom from Satan's, from Satan's uh, activity in our lives. Wow. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like divine health. After all, we've already studied about sickness being the, the uh, you know, oppression of the enemy. Sounds to me like divine health. It sounds to me like freedom, doesn't it to you? Well, um, you know, God's not getting up every morning by, by, uh, by that verse there saying, I see you've set your heart on Job. He's not saying, have you considered Job? Meaning God gets up every morning and prints out a computer printout of people. Get, get these today. Satan, get these. He's not working with the devil on anything. If we've opened the door, Somebody said, well, God permitted that. Yes, in some sense he permitted it, but only because, really though, it was not his will, even though he's allowing something to happen. He's not commissioning it. He's not instigating it. He is simply, in, in, in situations where we open the door, he's simply unable to keep it from happening because we have violated a truth that uh, God gave us in his word to keep us free from the enemy. Amen. You know, the Bible doesn't say, for example, um, it, it doesn't warn us against sin, for example, because he doesn't want us to have any fun. <laughs> you know, he doesn't warn us about, you know, against whatever. Um, you know, you pick one. Just because he's saying, I don't want you to have any fun. He's warning us against sin because sin, actually, the wages of sin is death. You know, and if you examine the whole thing, it gets, really opens the door to the enemy. Now, he's very merciful. Uh, you know, sometimes people are, uh, let, let's rephrase that. In some cases, uh, there are people that really are not aware of, of something they're doing as sin. And there's, there's, there's a covering for that. But once they come to the place they know, then there's responsibility on our end. I think I, I've, I've used this term before. I think a lot of Christians like what they would call no-fault religion, kind of like an insurance policy that whatever happens, it's not going to go to your credit as your, your fault, you know. Well, that's not necessarily Bible. Not, when I say fault, I don't mean like, you know, big bad person and, and, you know, I'm just saying we somehow either, get this, either knowingly or unknowingly, we somehow open the door to the enemy. Now, when I say unknowingly, I don't mean that uh, there's not a covering if you don't know the truth in certain areas. There is, but, but the point is you can have let something slip and God's still holding us accountable for it even though we let it slip. You understand? Amen. So um, let's get into some of those tonight. Would that be all right? We've spent a lot of this semester talking about faith, talking about how to receive. There's a whole lot more we want to get into. But um, in order to look in the Bible, like, like, for example, let's just look at a couple of terms. There's got to be other issues concerning healing because look, notice some terms. Just go back to 1 Peter, for example, in the third chapter. Let's just, let's just see if, 
Are we thinking right about this? Are there other issues besides just faith uh, and uh, receiving from God? Are there other issues? Oh yeah, there's other issues when it comes to divine healing. So we don't want to, I don't believe it'd be appropriate to uh, finish this semester without just at least addressing some of this and being, helping others be aware of this. Now, um, when I say other issues, I mean there's more to it than just, just walking by faith. Thank God I believe I receive. I make my confession. You know, there's more than that. Um, and there's also more because there's really different ways to minister healing. And there's the, there's the ways of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, there's the ways of the tangible anointing. Uh, those things are, are scriptural. Then there's, and, and that's going to that's gonna be... Uh, that method is going to be more uh, emphasized, put it that way, emphasized by ministries like the evangelist, the prophet, you know, and those, those kind of ministries. Um, the pastoral ministry is going to be, be real honest, not, not that other ministries won't teach the word, but the pastoral ministry is going to bring Christians to a place of living in divine, living in, or receiving healing or living in divine health through bringing them the knowledge of these other areas as well. Amen. You know, Amen. Um, as we go through this, you'll see back in Jeremiah that that's the place of the pastor to bring them knowledge. And understanding, you know, and it talks about healing in that context. But we see that um, there's different ways to minister. Then there's there's ministering through the word. There's ministering through the spirit. Well, what we're talking about is tonight is really ministering through the spirit. I mean, I mean excuse me, ministering by the word uh, and letting the word of God open our eyes. You know, the entrance of His word gives light. Open our eyes to see what what it is that uh, could be a factor in our situation. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now look here in verse 7. You're in the third chapter of 1 Peter. Is that where I told you to go? Look at verse 7. Let's just see if there's, let's see if the, any, any language is used here that kind of gives us an idea that there are other issues. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge talking about the wife, dwell with the wife according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. And it doesn't really affect your prayer life at all if you don't do this. <laughs> no, he said that your prayers be not hindered. Well, would that include, when he said prayers, plural, would that include the prayer of faith? Remember, there's different kinds of prayer. First Timothy, what is it, the second chapter? So I, I would, first of all, prayer, prayers, supplications, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. There's different kinds of prayer, in other words. So what he's saying, all those kinds of prayer are affected by uh, what he said here, the way we treat our spouses. Keep looking straight ahead. <laughs> Why do I always say that when I move over here? <laughs> you guys are fun to pick on, you know. <laughs> uh, people say sometimes, well, I want to be sit up front. I said, that's the pick on row. You know, you got to watch it. You get spit on and you get picked on. You know? Not on purpose, just, just it's called cotton, spitting cotton. You ever watch a preacher spit cotton whenever he's preaching? Amen. Amen. It'll bless you, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so... If you can can it, you can sell it, you know, anyway. Uh, 
But so there, this is an issue. But this isn't faith, believe you receive, thank you, Jesus, amen. What he's talking about here is really what you might call the love walk. Let's go down here to the, in fact, let's just keep on reading through the eighth verse. We'll get to that 10th verse. Let's notice verse eight. It says, finally be of one mind, having compassion one of another. So he takes this out into all our relationships. Having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Pitiful doesn't mean sad and sorry and, you know, got your lip poked out. That means compassionate. And uh, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing you are there unto call that you should inherit a blessing. All right, well, how many of you know verse 9? You, you do that, or I do that, or whoever does that. Whoever does that does that by speaking words out of their mouth. So your mouth, not just the, in the area of speaking the right things about, you know, speaking healing, your mouth in other areas can affect these things. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. He's talking about arguing and strife and so forth. But contrarywise, blessing, know that you are there and to call you to inherit a blessing. Verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days. Well, would that include divine healing? Sure it would, or divine health. He that would love life and see good days. You know, uh, being hooked up to a ventilator, being hooked up to all those machines in the hospital, those aren't good days. So he that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. What does he mean evil? Well, up here, these previous few verses, speaking evil doesn't just mean using four letter curse words. You know what I'm talking about? In fact, go over here to first, you're in first Peter, go back actually to James and let's look at the fourth chapter. And let's get a little more understanding of what speaking evil means. Look at the 10th, let's go to the 9th, let's go to the 11th verse. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. All right, here it is again. What is he talking about? He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. If thou, be a, if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a, a judge. So when he says evil speaking here, he's talking about speaking judgmentally or speaking critically. Well, what's he telling us from all these verses? He's telling us that will affect whether or not you live in divine health or whether or not you're able to receive healing. Go to the fifth chapter of James. Look at the ninth verse. He said, grudge not one against another, brethren. Now, you look up the word grudge. In fact, the margin of my Bible just has it. It says complain complain, grumble, not one against another brethren, lest you be condemned. Now condemned doesn't mean, uh, you know, condemnation such as, you know, going to hell or something like that. He's talking about you, you really condemn your own heart. That's what he's talking about. Lest you be condemned, behold, the judge standeth before the door. So your heart's going to bother you if you, do, if you do open your mouth and speak, you know, complaining about how somebody's doing something. Amen. Or he mentioned critical talk here, accusing people of things, uh, uh, slandering, fault finding, pointing out the bad in people. Uh, praise the Lord. Gossiping, criticizing, giving our opinion, belittling, condemning, cutting, 
demeaning, derogatory, disapproving, disparaging talk, fussy talk, nagging talk, nitpicky talk, reproachful talk, scolding talk. I didn't get all those. Well, go, go, go write them down. Get the CD. <laughs> all those things, you're, you know, just putting people down. Yeah. Criticize them, talking right. bad about them. Well, see, sometimes we'll bring up things that have happened, but see, we don't mention names because we're not trying to deal with a person. We're trying to just talk about issues. And as much as possible, we, we avoid people knowing what we're talking about because that's not the point. We're not trying to put somebody down and so that everybody walks out thinking down about that person. You know, we're talking about issues in order to help others understand things. Amen. So that's, that's a... a uh, an issue with these, uh, with living in divine health. He said here, uh, not speaking judgmentally, not speaking, speaking critically. Amen. So that, that hinders us. Well, praise the Lord. Everybody say, that's our help then. How many of you know, he talks about in first Peter five, or excuse me, first Peter three, seven, he says that'll hinder your prayers. So that's another issue, isn't it? Now, go back with me if you have your, in the book of Ephesians, and you're familiar with this, but I want you to see this. I mean, you're, you've looked at it before. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Look with me at the, the 29th verse. Well, let's start back. Eh, let's go back to the 26th verse. Um, be ye angry and sin not. How many of you know that's telling you you can be angry and not sin? There's just something that we, when we do get angry, we have to not, not let, us get it, let, let it get us in the flesh, you know, retaliating and so forth. So be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, deal with it before a, time, a lot of time passes is what he's talking about. Um, neither give place to the devil. Well, you think those two verses are connected? Well, can you, get, can you get in the flesh and get into sin when you're mad? Let me say this. You can do it much more quickly when you're mad than when you're not. <laughs> if you get mad, you got to watch yourself, you know. The other day, Teresa was bringing to me a, uh, uh, these, this company was overcharging us for some things here at the church, and we located it and found it. And so now they said, well, you know, it was your fault that you didn't. They were telling us it's our fault that we didn't catch it. Now, I got mad. Did I get mad, Teresa? Not at you, but I got, I don't mean I was throwing things around. I just mean I'm like, that's stealing. You know, and I'm like, I was telling the truth. Wasn't I telling the truth? I was telling you the truth. She didn't do it. I wasn't mad at her, but I was just dealing with, you know, uh, they were trying to tell me uh, I, I am responsible, the church is responsible to be paying for this. And then they're going to charge me more to, to, to correct the thing. I said, you tell them. And I was looking right in Teresa's eyes. I said, you tell, you get on the phone and you tell them I owe them nothing. So you have provided no goods or no services for the last, what was it, 11 months or something like that? And I've been paying you for 11 months. You provided us nothing for that. You owe me money. Well, no, it's going to cost you $99 for us to quit that. I said, fooey, we, I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. <laughs> you want to testify? They said, okay, good. Oh, good. I didn't hear that part. 
Yeah. Good you all prayed, because I was too mad to pray. <laughs> but I was getting hot. You know what I'm talking about? I was having to watch my tongue. I didn't want to call them names. I didn't want to say wrong things, but I had to watch my tongue. Praise the Lord. And I, and I was saying things like this to Teresa, because Teresa was saying, well, what if they say this? I said, well, tell them this. Well, what if they say, we're going to come get the phones, and then because it was a phone deal with our phones. And I said, you tell them they're going to meet the police at the door. I was, I was just mad. Just <laughs> well, what do you want me to do? Say, oh, that's okay. How many of you want me to do that? Oh, you do? <laughs> I was mad, but I had to watch myself, you know. <laughs> You've never done that with your kids or anything. You've never done that. So uh, be angry and sin not. Neither give place to the devil. We have to watch it or we can open the door to the devil. Get in the flesh. Let him that stole steal no more. Rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, I think he's still connecting what he said there in verse 27, don't give place to the devil. I think he's still connecting verse 29 to that. He said, don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying. So anything that's not edifying is not, uh, is not uh, in other words, if it's not edifying, it's corrupt communication. You know, is it building that person up? Then he said, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed under the day of redemption. Now, what is he talking about corrupt communication? Verse 31, let all bitterness and all wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, there it is again, be put away from you with all malice. Malice is ill will or animosity. You know, wishing ill on somebody. Um, he said, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Praise the Lord. And then he goes on in verse, or chapter 5, verse 1, be, you know, followers of God, imitators of God, walk in love. Amen. Amen. So, and he goes on, talks about our mouth again in verse 4 and 5. Well, he said that our mouth can get us, by, and really here he's talking about walking in love again. He's saying our mouth can keep us from really, number one, it can open the door to the enemy. Number two, it, in verse 30, it can grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, if I'm endeavoring to receive healing, I don't want the door open to the devil and I don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost. Because it is that anointing that is the Holy Spirit's anointing that destroys the yoke. So there are other issues. That's, that's, that's our point. So we just want people to realize that. And I think many of you here do, but um, it's just good to be reminded of it, isn't it? Now, backbiting is uh, in Psalm 152, uh, excuse me, Psalm 15, verse 2 and 3, the psalmist David used the term backbiting. Anybody ever heard that term before? Backbiting. What is backbiting? I think the Amplified, if I remember right, uses the term slandering. Now, the, the term backbiting means talking behind somebody's back. And if it's a bite... It's not talking about how much of a blessing they are. Backbiting is talking behind somebody's back about their faults, their, their weaknesses. Amen. Y'all there, you're going home. 
Uh, backbiting is translated, am I correct, Ann? Do you have the Amplified there? Does it use the word slander in the Amplified? It uses the word slander. And I looked up the word slander because I just, you know, I knew what it was, but I wanted to see what the dictionary said. It means malicious, false, defamatory statements or reports. False, defamatory. How many of you know defamatory means to uh, put them in a bad light? Defamatory statement or report. I tell you what, you, you get to examine in yourself in the light of the Word of God and you'll be like me. You'll be like, because God's been dealing with me about this lately. And you have to say, ah, yeah, no, I got I to gotta, I zip the lip. You know what I'm talking about? So it means false defamatory statements or reports. It means to malign, to vilify uh, the character of another, to assassinate their reputation, to smear, sling dirt, distort. It's called, uh, there's a synonym in the uh, English language. We use a, a term that uh, everybody understands, mudslinging. You know what it means to sling mud. And the Bible says that that's wicked. I don't know if you've ever read, what is it? Isaiah 50 something, 55, I believe it is. Where it talks about the wicked are like the troubled sea. They cannot rest. They're always stirring up mud and dirt. The wicked loves that. You know, here recently a famous sports figure was caught in something. And the wicked love talking about that. Well, hey, let's dig into all their lives and see how many times they've done it. You know what I'm talking about? But see, they, they, it's just a, it's a wicked thing. It's a, it's a bad, it, it's, it's actually one of the most devilish things you can do. Because Satan is the one who's always accusing people and finding fault. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's always tearing down. You remember Pastor Webb was talking about the bounce, you know? It's always Satan trying to tear down, tear down, tear down. That's not the occupation of the believer. Yeah, but they did wrong. Well, just, just you, what, 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 are you do, what are you helping the situation by telling somebody about it? You're not helping at all. I think this is an area we've got to judge ourselves in. Have we all done it? Yeah. Thank God for the bounce. <laughs> we can come back out of that and be, be forgiven and not have to give an account for all that. But we've got to recognize that as we know to do good and don't do it, it's sin. We've got to stop letting the devil in through these things. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Uh, it's a, it's a um, you know, you've heard the term of gossip. Gossip, spreading things around. I traveled all over the United States, of course, as you know, and, and I'll never forget after a few months of that, coming back to healing school one day and sitting in the class and I was just so glad to get fed again. You know, somebody else feeding me rather than me putting out. Thank God for putting out. But you know, it's good to get, get fed too. I just love having guest I have guest ministers in for me. Y'all get blessed too. But you know, I, oh, yeah, feed me, feed me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so after a few months, I was just back in healing school getting fed. And I remember um, seeing Brother Moore and I, I started talking to him, Keith Moore. And I said, um, he said, how's it going out there? I said, well, really good. I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's what God's wanting us to do. God's got, given us a lot of favor, so forth. Tell him. I said, but I do have a question for you. I said, one thing that really bothers me is how quickly preachers will sit down around the table and start talking critically about other preachers. I said, it bothers me. 
I'm not used to that, you know. They bring it up and I'm almost like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And so I said, uh, you know, and then in the process of conversation, I said, do they do that around you? He said, yeah. I said, well, help me here. What do you do whenever they do that? I said, what do you say? He said, I don't say anything. And he said, that says a lot. I never forget that. In other words, somebody's going on and on and on talking about somebody. You just sit there and look at them. After a while, they kind of come to a stop. And I'll tell you something about Brother Moore. You, you probably can tell by the way he preaches, but in person, he's that way. He can, he can make you feel real uncomfortable. And not, he won't feel bad about it. <laughs> I like that. I, I just personally, hallelujah. hallelujah. So, uh, you know, what do you do? Well, if you're not in a position to say anything, meaning to, to address them talking about it, sometimes we are in a position to do that. But if we're not, we just don't say anything. And if you can't handle it, you just might tell them, so listen, my ears are not a trash can. I'll never forget one time I was out, um, I was preaching in a certain state. I'll just be general. How's that? In a certain state. And I was, uh, we were there for a few days. And I'll never forget, I don't know what it was about uh, what this one minister that I, I knew personally had done to this pastor's wife. But I don't know, something, how many of you know nobody has to do anything sometimes? But this lady, she sat there and from the time we sat down to eat, she is just talking, 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 talking about a, a pastor I knew in my life. Somebody that ministered to my life. And just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know how quick I can get out of here, but I ain't going to last long this way. I'm just not in the mood for this right now. You ever been there? There's sometimes you're, you're more in, 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 you know, you're thinking about how much they must be hurting. But I wasn't thinking about that that day. <laughs> to this day, I was just like, shut up. You know, that's kind of what was going on on the inside of me. <laughs> I just didn't know how long I could handle it. And she just kept going on and on and on. And uh, you can ask my wife, you can ask Pastor Debbie. Finally, I just looked at, I looked at her and I said, I wish you'd be quiet. <laughs> Boy, she got mad. Everybody sort of finished their meal and we left. <laughs> and when we got to church that night, that was, that was Sunday afternoon. We were preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night. When I got to church that night, she was still dealing with it. I had gotten over it. <laughs> But she's still dealing with it. Finally, by, before the night was over, she said, you know, I shouldn't have been saying all that. And I was just nice to her, sweet to her. But, but the point is, you know, it's sometimes you just might have to do that. Amen. How many of you know we shouldn't be the ones that's uncomfortable? The, the flesh should be the one that's uncomfortable. Not, you know, somebody said, well, that was me. No, it was the love of God toward that other minister. Who, who I who speaks into my life anyway, and I don't need to hear all that because next time they try to speak into my life, I'll be hearing, hearing this person's yakety yak yak, you know. Am I preaching all right tonight? So we've got to recognize that it's just not, it's just not scriptural. And a lot of times we share things in the, uh, in the guise of giving our opinion. 
Well, nobody asked for your opinion. Amen. What do you think about, <clears throat> sometimes people ask, what do you think about the way that minister did this or did that? Well, I have a right to share the word with people. And, but I can do that without maligning, without assassinating them, talking bad about them. You know what I'm talking about? But uh, so uh, if somebody asks, what do you think? I can share the word. But, but if it's not in an area that's, you know, right and wrong scripturally, because I never know in some areas, it's not a matter of the Bible says do it this way. Just different people are different. I'm not talking about right and wrong kind of things. It's just like different ways of pastoring churches. You know, there's generalities, of course. But everybody has different flows and different, different anointings. And one pastor might do it different than me. And I'm not here. It's not my place to say, well, he ought to do this and he ought to do that and he ought to do that. You know, well, maybe God's dealing with him differently. Can we be okay with somebody being different? I think it's good that not everybody's like you. Or me. It's good that we've got different flows, different supplies and all of that. And it brings, it brings, brings flavor. It brings, you know, monotony is not necessarily of God. <laughs> but anyway, um, and whenever we actually start giving our opinion, what we're doing is we're actually criticizing them. Everybody say it's true whether we like it or not. Now, here's the thing we need to recognize. Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother offends you, go to him and talk to him. Now, what we so many times do, though, is we rather than go to that person, we do something other than what the Word of God says. We go to somebody else and we talk to somebody else about what that person did to us. The Bible said, if your brother offends you, go to him. Now, um, I've had people that got offended at us and, and then after being offended at us, I didn't even know what they were offended about. Then after that, they stopped coming to church and they were offended that we didn't reach out to them because they stopped coming to church. Well, the, the Bible says if they're offended, they're to come to me. Because in this particular case, I'm thinking of right now, I don't have a clue what I did. Did I, did I part my hair wrong? Did I, what did I do? You know, what did I do? You know what I'm talking about? So they're responsible to come to him, come to me. If, if, I'm, if, if I am upset because of something you did, I'm to go to you. If, if it's something Michael did, I'm to go to Michael. I'm not supposed to go to Kim and say, Michael did this. And see, now that's spreading strife is what that's doing right there. Isn't that right? Now, what we find then is rather than go to the person, we, we find ourselves going to um, somebody else. What we've got to recognize is if we're not willing to go to the person themselves, sometimes people have a struggle with going to that person. If we're not willing to do that, then we're going to have to just get over it. And we're going to have to just shut our mouth and not say anything to anybody about it. Now, if you can't do that, then you need to go to the person. Amen. I worked with somebody for a couple of years about this particular issue. And I, and I kept saying, come to us, come to us. If you're, if you're struggling with us, come to us. Amen. It seemed impossible for this person to do that. They would go to somebody else and we get the reports back. So we go to them. Did we do something wrong? Well, and I said, you need to come to us. 
You know, if we did something wrong, we'll, we'll say, hey, we did, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way or whatever, you know. But see, uh, and so, but it just seemed to be impossible for them to do that. We are, we're all adults. We ought to be able to talk. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, this person uh, eventually just kept on uh, talking to other people. So finally, I just, I just said, that's it. That's it. You're not, you, you can't stay in that position. Amen? Amen? Because it's just violating scripture. Can you see this? Um, Amplified says here in Matthew 18, 15, it says, go and tell him his fault between you and him privately. Everybody say privately. So if you're not willing to go to them, um, you're just going to have to get over it. And if you're talking about it, you're not over it. Amen. And if you left the church, you're not over it. No, the Lord's leading us out. Give, 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 give me a break. Give me a break. I've been around the block more times than that. I know better than that. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But then people wonder why they're not receiving because there are other issues besides believe you receive, pull the heavenly lever and out of the heavenly slot machine comes the healing. Your seven cherries, I mean your, your cherries line up or the sevens line up and there it comes. Thank you, Jesus. There's other issues besides that. <laughs> not that that's what faith is, but you know what I'm, the people look at it that way and they think nothing else is an issue, just, just simply that one issue. Amen. Now go to uh, 1 Timothy. I'm getting, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Over here in 1 Corinthians, let's kind of go to a, go to a verse that really <clears throat> uh, summarizes some of this. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. You're familiar with this, so I'm going to go fast. It says in verse number uh, 28, Let a man examine himself, then let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, not unworthy, how many of you remember in English class? I know for me it was Miss Weiser. L-Y means the manner in which you do something. It's an adverb. Is that right? The man, am I right? Adverb. So, I'm glad I said that right. Miss <laughs> Weiser would be disappointed if she heard that. If I said adjective and it was an adverb, I was like, Miss Weiser, don't like. See, the reason I keep mentioning her is because she was such a blessing to me. I was rebellious and she just kept on loving me anyway. And then whenever I got filled with the Spirit, she started feeding me Smith Wigglesworth books. Yeah, I love Miss Weiser. You better believe it. <laughs> so I don't want to make her look bad. She did a good job. Um, but here it says in verse number 29, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, the manner in which he does. He's not talking about a person is unworthy. He's talking about a wrong way of doing something being, in this case, receiving communion, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Well, that'd be sickness, wouldn't it? Yes. Weakness is a, is a measure of, if it's, if it's not sick, it's going that direction. Sickly is actually sick. And then many sleeping means die prematurely. Yes. So we see here that there's a cause for sickness other than, well, you need to receive by faith. Isn't that right? Yes, now, he said here that because of not discerning the Lord's body. And then verse 31, if we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. When we're judged, we're just chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wow. Now, the evangelist 
is going to maybe hit on that, but the pastor is going to have to talk about that. For us to not have verse number 29 happening, I mean, excuse me, verse number 30 happening, weak, sickly, and many sleeping or dying prematurely. Notice he said many. So this is not a side issue. It's not something that every now and then this comes up. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.